We are on part two of this series, Bruce and George. We dealt with the homosexuality piece, and now we're dealing with the racism, prejudice, and discrimination piece. Writing your notes, racism, prejudice, and discrimination. Um, and you can write as a subtitle, The Spirit of Division. The Spirit of Division. Um, we are seeing so much in the world today. The world is in an uproar regarding everything that's going on. And so I'm not going to deal with that portion of it. Um, I think we've seen enough. I think we've heard enough. It's in our social media pages. We see it on CNN, ABC, NBC all the time. It's just playing over and over and over and over. And what it does, if you're not careful, it makes you angry. It stirs up hate in your own heart. It causes you to be prejudiced and racist and you don't even want to be that way. And so I'm not going to deal with that. I think we, we got that piece. We understand that. Some of us have already tried cases based on what the media has shown us, not even realizing the media shows us what they want us to see. Um, and so I'm not, again, going to deal with that. I'm going to deal with, in this particular part of the series, defining what racism, prejudice, and discrimination is, because I don't believe we understand that totally. Because what I found out in studying is that all of us in this room have played a part in being racist, prejudiced, and discriminating. Everybody under the sound of my voice. And so we're going to define that. And then we're going to lay out how we are expected to live above it. And then we're going to give you the believer's response. We're going to make plain the believer's response. Because the world is in an uproar and we cannot follow the pattern of the world. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are salt and we are light. And we cannot act like the world as it relates to these subjects. We can't be a church that says, come one, come all. We're multicultural. We expect whites, blacks, Latinos, everybody to come and worship together. Yet our hearts are full of hatred, just like the world. It's full of prejudice, just like the world. We are, we're, we're, we're full of stereotypical behavior and language, just like the world. And, and this series will cause you to see yourself for who you really are. Because while we're pointing the finger at the white cop that shot the black boy, what's going on with you? See? And, 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 and I, I, am, I am appalled at the level of how we have took a stand on black lives mattering. Black lives matter, black lives matter, black lives matter, black lives matter. And some of the same people that's marching and fussing and causing the big singing about it and wearing the t-shirts are some of the same people who are adding to the demise of the black man every day. If you sell drugs in your neighborhood, you are no better than a slave trader. And you are adding to the killing of black people every day. You are watching mothers turn tricks to get dope. You are watching fathers leave their homes and steal stuff from their babies to get cracked. You are watching, you are watching people get murdered in the street and killed so you can ride big and look big and dress big and ride Joe Bentley through the ghetto. Come on here. With your Black Lives Matter t-shirt on. You're not going to like me in this series. I already know that, but I'm going to tell you the truth. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Say, I'm not a fool. Not a fool. Say, I'm wise. wise. Redeeming, verse 16, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time, what does that mean? That means make the most of every opportunity you have for doing good. 
Make the most of every opportunity you have for doing good, regardless of what you see on CNN. Redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but have understanding. Be confident in, be be assured, know, have discernment of what the Lord wants you to do, what the will of God is for you in this season. With all that's going on, okay, God, what should I be doing as the church? And so we talk real heavy about the homosexuality piece. And everybody said, amen. Now we get to this piece. I need those same amens because it's going to hit you upside the same head, hit you in the last part of the series. Matthew 24. When I begin to study this, um, it wasn't even through the first part and I began to bleed because I found myself in what I was teaching and what I was beginning to teach and preparing to teach. And God exposed all the prejudice in my heart. Whether you meant it, whether you caught it, whether it was taught to you, whether, whether it's just a joke, whether I've always just said that it's prejudice and it's in the hearts of men. Matthew 24, verse number three. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come into my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that ye be not troubled in the day when everything is going crazy. Don't you be troubled. Tell your neighbor, say, don't you be troubled. See, that's, 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 that's how I love this Christian thing so much. Because regardless of what's going on, I don't have to be troubled. My heart don't have to be troubled because I'm safe in Jesus. I know what the word of the Lord is concerning me. I know what I should be doing. I'm under the shadow of the Almighty. So my heart is not troubled. I don't care about the economy. I don't care if it's going up or down. I don't care about the this and that. My heart is not troubled. If you watch CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, all that long enough, it'll cause your heart to be troubled. It'll raise up fear in your heart for things that you shouldn't even be fearful about. It'll cause you to dislike your, your, your co-worker in the next cubicle because she's another color because you've been watching too much of CNN and we got to rid ourselves of that. They never said, don't get quiet on me now. Verse number seven. It says, well, verse number six, wars and women's of wars, see that she be not troubled for all these things must come to pass. Underline that. Must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. The enemies of the church shall be known in these last days. And then shall many be offended. And shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity, because sin shall abound and run rampant, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end shall come. In the midst of all of this chaos, it says this gospel shall be preached in the midst of this. 
this gospel shall be released. This in the midst of all this bad, this good news shall be released. That's why I keep telling you, we got to come back to Bible because the Bible holds the answer for everything. Even for the poor, the Bible says for the poor, the gospel was preached. So in the midst of all of this wars, rumors of wars, nations against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms, the gospel shall be preached throughout the world in the midst, in the midst. While this is going on, the gospel shall be released. Now look at verse number seven. Verse number seven says nations shall rise against nations. It's not talking about geographical. It's not talking about um, 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 um. Egypt versus something else. It's not talking about that. It's talking about, if you're studying in the Greek, Greek nations, it gets the word ethnos. Ethnos. A-T-H-N-O-S. Ethnos. We get our English word ethnic. So it says that ethnic, ethnos, which means people, groups, or races, it means people, groups, shall rise against people, groups. Ethnicity shall rise against ethnicities. So the first thing we got to understand as believers that while whites is fighting blacks and red is fighting yellow and brown is fighting white, um, um, there is only one race at one race. There is only one race that is a human race. Caucasians and Africans and, and Asians and Indians and uh, Arabs and Hispanics and all these, they are not different races. They are different ethnicities, different people groups of the same human race. On the human level, we are all the same. If, are you human? If you're human, raise your hand. So on the human level, go to Genesis chapter 1, we are all the same. On the human level, we're all kinfolk. Turn neighbor and say, hey, kinfolk. Now, now it's easy to say in here because we're predominantly black. But if you were sitting next to a white person or Asian, it'd be the same thing. Hey, kinfolk, because on the human level, we're all the same. We're made up of different people, groups, but we're the same on the human level. And, and the enemy has divided us for years to keep blacks against Asians and Asians against whites and whites against Hispanics with all of our differences when our differences should be, should be, be magnified to make us all better. I fry chicken, you grill it. Let's mix it up a little bit. Come on here. You like tacos, I like chitlins. Let's put a little chitlin inside the shell. Come on, let's mix it up. No, no. No, chicken taco? No? Okay. Right. Somebody said, uh. What's the difference? You eat them on, on the plate or in the shell. What's the difference? It's still pig booty. Come on here. How you gonna dress up pig booty? It's the same thing. But it's on bread, in the shell, on the plate. Come on. On a salad, it's still the same thing. Back to the lesson, Genesis 1. Who oh, y'all tripping already? And God said, verse 26, somebody like my jokes. I like that lady. She like, she laughed at all my jokes. You're going to be a premier member, I tell you, of this church. <laughs> Make sure you get shots of her, Sam, every Sunday, just laughing hysterically at my stuff, okay? And God said, let us make man, said mankind, 
in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. You got that. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Verse 27. So God created man, mankind in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So on the human level, we are all the same. We are all the same. And Jesus died for us all. John three sixteen. He died for us all. For the entire world. So all life matters. All life is valuable. Yes, there's a lot going on. Yes, we got to deal with the yes. We got to confront some things. Yes, we got to strategically and effectively do some things to bring change and healing and restoration and restitution. But all lives matter. You don't like that, but it's the truth anyhow. Racism, prejudice, discrimination, intolerance, bigotry have all been built into the fabrics of this country. Listen, listen, people, we ain't dealing with white cop shot black boy. We're dealing with layers and layers and years of years of demonic reign that we have reduced to a black and white issue. It is not a black and white issue. Slavery is not even about black and white. Do your mind. Do your homework. Study the book. It's not about black and white. Slave trade was about economics. Economics. Go to John chapter 4. We're going to help you today. Layers and layers, years and years. It's a spirit of division that dates all the way back to the Bible. Look at John chapter 4, verse number 7. When you have it, say, I have it. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, give me the drink. Verse number 8. The disciples, they went to get some food. Go to the verse number 9. And then said the woman of Samaria, they went to the store. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, asked a drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews, look at here, have no dealings with the Samaritans. This ain't a black and white issue, but it's still division. It's a spirit of division. It dates back to the Bible. Look at, look at chapter, look at verse 9 in the Message Bible, upper room. The Message Bible. Hallelujah. Come on, look at the message, verse 9. Uh-huh. The Samaritan woman, taken aback, she's like, oh my God. She asks, how come you a Jew are asking me a Samaritan woman for a drink? Jews in those days, look at this, wouldn't be caught dead talking to Samaritans. Is that not the spirit of division? Is that not prejudice, racism, discrimination? Is that not the same thing, but it's not black and white? Come on, come on. Let's, can, can we keep going further? I said, can we go further? So the spirit of division is not a black and white issue. It, it, it's not. It, it, it's whatever the enemy uses to cause separation. And it's been keeping us from freedom and healing and harmony for a long time. So racism, write this in your notes, is not a political issue. Racism is a spiritual issue. The government cannot eliminate hatred and malice and bias. They can't do it. You can't pass enough laws to purge the hatred in a man's heart. You can't pass a law and I stop hating black people or I stop hating white people. That, it doesn't work like that. Only the word of God can change the hearts of men. And we talk about racism, I ain't just talking about black and white. I'm talking about any spirit of division. You got black on black racism. You got black folk that don't deal with black folk. 
I don't deal with them. I don't want to eat with them. I don't want to live by them. I don't want to shop by them. I don't go to their Walmart. I don't deal with black people. They lazy. They ignorant. They nasty. They tear up everything. That's racism. Discrimination. Let's look at this. Give me some definition before we get started. Are y'all still here? I can never say, are you ready? Put your seatbelt on. Let's ride now. This, this, ain't, this ain't your normal Sunday morning. He got up from the grave message. I wish I could teach you about that. But this is my assignment right now. Discrimination. Look at the definition. Ready? It's the intentional and targeted outworking of hate and ignorance. Actually, neighbor said, find, tell me, say, find yourself. Find yourself. The intentional and targeted outworking of hate and ignorance. It means I have hatred in my heart, so I on purpose carry that hatred out by treating you different, by treating you wrong. By, by making separation between you and me. By treating you with favor or not treating you with favor. I can discriminate for or against you. I can give you favor or withdraw favor. Discrimination. Discrimination reveals that prejudice exists. If you discriminate, you're automatically prejudiced. Discrimination reveals that prejudice exists. What is prejudice? First, let me say this. Everybody in here has some degree of prejudice. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody in here has some degree of prejudice. How do you know? Because prejudice lumps everybody up in the same bucket. Prejudice says things like this. All whites are this. All blacks are this. All Hispanics are this. All white folks smell like dogs when their hair get wet. It's prejudice. All black folk are lazy. All Latinos are are immigrants. All of them are, are, are illegal. All white folk are slick. Don't trust them. That's prejudice. You've said that, you've thought that, you've acted on that. Y'all quiet up in here. Prejudice is a negative, look at the definition. It's a negative attitude or opinion against an individual, group, or race without just grounds or before sufficient knowledge. You've put them in a category and don't even have sufficient knowledge or just grounds to do it. And we, we use these terms, we spew out these things and have no, we don't even think about it. We have a place up down by, by the Dan Ryan, they call it Jewtown. That's offensive. We've been saying it for years. I'm going down to Jewtown. It implies that, yeah, Jews are cheap, you get a good deal. What if they say, I'm, I'm going down to Jewtown and give me some shoes, give me some shirts, give me a Jewtown Polish what if they said, I'm going to hit a nigger town, give me some shoes? No, they, no, they didn't. Where are they? Uh-uh, uh-uh. Where Jesse? Uh-uh. How they going to say nigger town? But it's become a part of our everyday language. It's Jew town. When the real term of it is Maxwell Street. Oh, really? I don't know if it's called, yeah, because you've been calling it Jew town. You've been offending the Jews for 30 years. We even call it a Jew town Polish. They don't even eat pork. We love them all, we love them all up. I want some work done in my house? Call the Hispanic. They work real good. They're going to mow your lawn, cut your grass in five minutes. They ain't going to take no break. They ain't going to be late. They're going to be on time. You love them all up. I don't deal with no black people. They're lazy. They come late. They're ignorant. They're going to take too many lunches. They're going to be late. 
I want that money up front. Mm -mm, No, I don't deal with them. Prejudice lumps everybody up together. Prejudice, prejudice says that ethnicity drives behavior. You act the way you act because of the color that you are. That's why when you have people that, 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 that go to school and, and, and they do things a little bit different and they come back around, 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 around the, the, the hood and they talk a little different, that's what they said. You acting and you talking white. So should I be cutting verbs and missing nouns and No, what I'm speaking is called English. I started learning that when I was in first grade. But prejudice says everybody do the same thing. White folk talk proper. See your kids at day camp. Send them to park district, certain neighborhoods. They come back home and listen to them talk with their brothers and sisters and their cousins. Why are you talking all white like them? I ain't talking white. Yes, you is talking white. You do be talking white. You you didn't be talking like that when you had left here. But now you go down there, you finna come back here talking like you've been down. But if your child went to school and took an English test and jacked it up, you whoop their butt because you know your English. So is it English or is it talking white? Which one should I be doing? You ain't got to be acting all bougie. I just said I want to go get me some scrimp. Cause you boo, but I can come in there. But you can come in here. And all feelings of prejudice arise out of a sense of inferiority, which means you're less than somebody, or superiority, which means you think you're better than somebody. Now you have two different kinds of prejudice. Write this down. Come on, are y'all still here? You have what's called overt prejudice. O-V-E-R-T. Write it down. Overt prejudice. Not levert, overt. (laughs) Overt prejudice. It's rooted in hatred. It's rooted in dislike. It's open prejudice. You can see it. They ain't trying to hide it. It's fueled by hatred. It's imparted intentionally. Somebody taught you that. Somebody set you down and said, see them people? See them white folk? We don't deal with them. They, they, they bogus, they, they, they slick, they sneaky, don't deal with them. Somebody taught you this. It's called overt prejudice. It usually comes from a reaction to a dramatic um, um, event, which means something happened to you or something happened to somebody close to you and you held hold, you held strong to that. You come from the South. You saw enough people get beat and watered down in your day. You may be older now. You up here now. You young, but your friend got pulled over and treated real bad and they hadn't even done nothing. And now you have overt prejudice now against certain people. See, I don't deal with them because they put my friend over. You ask me, why you don't deal with white people? Because they put my friend over back in 82. They snatched him out of the car. And so you put all white folk in the category of the man that pulled your friend out of the car. 
So you go to work. You can't keep a job because you don't like white people. Your boss is a Christian. She loves black folk, but you don't deal with it because she, because you see your friend, you see your friend in front of a car by a white guy. It's called overt prejudice. I love God. I, I ain't gonna get you, but I was told to watch y'all. So it, on both sides, white people come here. I, I was told don't deal with black people. Black people nasty. I was told black people got roaches. Somebody told me about that. They got roaches. I'm going to bring you some tomorrow to work. Because we just got them around the house. They sit on my, you know. Where does that come from? Because you know it comes from the ghetto. Black folk live in the ghetto. Ghetto was never a black term originally. Ghetto came from, it was Nazi ghettos. It's with the Jews. Do your mouth. Do your work. Blacks down there in the ghetto. Um, which one? Because I've been out in Naperville and saw ghettos. I rode through Carol Stream and said, ooh. Because, see, it's not a place. It's a culture. It's a people. So you take, you take a person who's broke down on the inside and put them in the most beautiful place. They'll break it down to fit them in a matter of 30 days. So they broke on the inside. They don't see themselves as anything. So it don't matter where you put them. They're going to turn it into an environment that fits them best. Put them in a nice suburb, beautiful, violin playing that night. And you put them in there three weeks, they're going to have a car on the lawn, jacked up, changing the tire. Come on here. I'm telling you what I know. It's not a, it's, 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 it, it, it's a culture. It, it, it's, a, it's an inside thing. But we're going to fix it. Tell your neighbor, say, we're going to fix it. So you have overt. Then you have what's called subtle prejudice. Write it down. Subtle. Subtle. S-U-T-T-L-E. Subtle. No. S-U-B-T-L-E. Let's see if y'all was woke. That's all. Somebody said, yeah, S-U-T-T-L-E. <laughs> you may not even be aware of this prejudice. It's rooted in ignorance and assumption and fear. You assume it's, it's usually revealed by some action. It's subconscious. It's under surface. It affects your outlook on everything. It, it was caught. It wasn't taught. It was caught. You was around folk that had prejudiced mindsets and prejudiced um, conversations and you caught all of their jokes and all of their language. You caught it. You caught it. It wasn't taught. You caught it. You grew up around people who call all Hispanics Julios. You catch that. You catch that. Nobody said call Hispanics Julios and treat them bad. But you catch it. And you say, you know what? Something must be. And it's mighty funny. I was, I was the most racist prejudice against Mexicans. And God put our church in the Mexican neighborhood and gave us a Mexican church in Mexico. I said, God, what are you doing? Because God, only God can change the heart of man. And when it's all said and done, you're going to sit next to everybody and worship. Because you do know in heaven, ain't no black sections and no white sections. Ain't no Kojic sections. It's all, when all of God's children get together, what a time. Black folk clap like this. White folk clap like this. When we all get together, we don't miss a beat. Come on here. And stop saying clap like me. Stop clapping like that. No, 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 no. How about we don't miss a beat? And when we all come together and bring together our differences in a good way, 
We don't miss a beat. But what's this? What we said, white folk clap wrong. Who says this? How you supposed to clap? Who said that? That came from Africa. No, it did not. You know, you look at African churches. They don't do all that hollering, spitting, running around that we do. That's just what we do. It's our southern culture. They pet their feet hard because they didn't have no music. They kept the beat. So you got drums, everything between you still. <laughs> but that's what you do. Praise the Lord for it. But don't tell nobody that they wrong because they right there. They wrong. They don't, they don't know how to have no church. <laughs> Who said this is having church? <laughs> and they saying, what are they doing? <laughs> and we saying, what are they doing? <laughs> Instead of saying, let's all just do it together. <laughs> Where I got you turned to? You should go to Acts yet? Go to Acts. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. So, so it's subtle prejudice. Sometimes we carry subtle prejudice. And we don't know it because we carry it in an environment that's prejudice friendly. I didn't tell the joke, but I laugh at it every time they say it. <laughs> prejudice. Racism. Last definition. We got, we got, ooh. My time. Y'all gave me 35 minutes? I said 75. <laughs> now I'm just messing with you. I got five minutes. And eight, seven, six, five. Okay, racism. Racism is a belief that race is the primary determiner of human behavior. You act like you act because of the color that you are. It's the primary determinant of human behavior, human qualities, and human character. It's the belief that race alone, racism, race alone determines what you can do, what you can't do, um, how, you, um, 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 how you can live, how you can't live, where you can live, where you can't live, what you can do, what you can't have. Race determines that. You ride through neighborhoods and say, you know, I, can't, I can't live here, this, this is a white neighborhood. I can't live here. This is a Hispanic neighborhood. Y'all got your church over there in Cicero with all them Hispanics? I hear it all the time. What you doing over there with all them Hispanics? Where should I be? With all them blacks? Didn't Jesus die for the whole world? Shouldn't our church represent heaven? But here's why we're not seeing the multicultural radar raised in our church because this lesson right here needed to be preached. Because if not, you just phony when they come in, hey, hey. Acting like, don't none of them speak English. How you, how you doing? You, this is the church. Well, they know how to speak English. 
I know, I know, I know, I know how all this go. It's supposed to be black because Jesus was black. He was a black man and he is for the black people and Moses was black and this was black and there was, if you study it out, it was black and the Holy Ghost was black and Mary was black and everybody was black. And we're so sure that everything is black. And what if Jesus comes back and says, bonus deals? We're like, what? And we have prejudice in our heart. We, Hispanics, I love them. God is, oh, we go to Mexico, we have a great time and stuff like that. But it's funny how before I, God changed my heart, everybody was either Julio or Paco. I thought it was the only two names they had. That's wrong. Some of y'all looking like, oh my God. I, I'm, I'm in your role. I'm in your role. I'm in your role. So I got to move. Now I got these Pacos and moved in next to me. These Julios on the block. Now I got to move. And what if they said, I got to move these niggas and moved in down here? Racism, it is the intentional. This, look at this definition. This is, this is what the enemy don't want us to know. It is the intentional and systemic outworking of pursuing economic advancement without moral. That's really what it's about. That's what it's about right there. It's about having a society with free labor and no overhead. That's where slavery came from. It wasn't because blacks was nasty and, 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 and they was less than and all that. It was because, no, we want some free labor. Because if blacks was nasty, then they was having sex with us. They was eating our foods. We was raising their babies. So it couldn't be because we was nasty. If I were to ask you today or anybody in this society to, to, to tell me what racism is, Everybody would say something about black and white, something about hatred among races, something about inhumane treatment. That's true, but it's not complete. It's true, but it's not the root. The racism we know today, because back even in Bible days, racism was any differences was about your language you speak, um, where you were from, um, your religion, your status, things like that. About 200 years ago, um, it was, it, it, it switched. It became about economics. It had economic motives. It was created, listen to this, to appease, to pacify the minds of Christian men that were treating blacks as, as less than human. And they would go to church, they would read the word, they would sing their hymn, they would come home and they would beat their slaves for taking the extra piece of bread. And, and they had to appease their minds to feel good about that because you can't read the word and treat me this way and, and make sense of it. It didn't match. So they came up with what was called racism. They said, hey, well, these people are less than men. They're less than human anyway, so we don't feel so bad about beating them and, and raping them and making them work in the field and pick the cotton all day. We don't feel bad because they're not humans anyway. So we didn't end up with racism because of prejudice. It was about greed. Even the Indians, they came and took their land. Not, not because they colored their skin, because they wanted the land. And the enemy wants us to think it's a black and white issue. It's a black and white issue. It's a Trayvon Martin issue. It's bigger than that. 
God rest his soul. We pray for the family still. We pray that this, this world gets better, but it's only going to get better through us because we're salt and light. So we can adopt their options and their plans and their agendas. We got to be our own thing and we got to teach love and peace and unity and, and we got to display it and model it. But the world and the enemy wants you to think this is a black and white issue. This is a black cop, a white cop versus black team issue. And it's not. So black lives matter because white cops are killing black teens. Yes, they are. They shouldn't be doing it. But that is the, not the root of this issue. Because if you're going to march strong for that, you got to march strong when Leroy shoots Devon. Get you a t-shirt about that too. Because we killing each other before they going north, Jack, every day. We shooting up birthday parties. We shooting up churches. We shooting up funerals. We shooting on the block part. We shooting up everything over nothing. The frontal business has never been in so high demand. People ain't even got no insurance, so the funeral they getting over, Jack. People, people are being buried in January, and family still paying in December. Cause we bling bling, but we ain't got no insurance. We, we, we in line for Jordans with no insurance. We got rims on our cars with no insurance on the car. How you pull up a Bentley? A Bentley. How you pull a Bentley up to a rundown, rat, roach-infested apartment? Something's wrong here. You pull up a $300,000 car in front of a roach-infested, rat-infested apartment that you pay 500 bucks a month for and you late on that? Oh, but you shy. You get to ride through the neighborhood and floss, Jack. Acts 17. And I am out of time. Thank you for that one all. <laughs> Blacks were enslaved people because of economy. Whites had to feel, had to make themselves feel pacified about what they were doing because they knew it was wrong. And then when it was abolished, it's like, okay, it's good. We tried to work for a while. All is well. It'll go away. It didn't go away. So it went from that to institutional racism. <laughs> it's, it's, it, that, that, that's, 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 why, that's why some of us that live in certain neighborhoods will drive 20 miles to another Walmart. Because the one in our neighborhood, the stuff is on the floor. You got to buy your stuff through the bulletproof glass. Why don't they just fix this Walmart up? This is why they don't fix it up. They figure, why fix it up when the people at the Walmart consider it's the norm? They're not complaining about the shelves not being stocked. They're not complaining about 500 security guards in one store. They're not concerned about having to be patted down to get out and check your bag, check your receipt three times. They ain't concerned about that. It's the norm for them. So 
Why change it? It's institutional racism. Keep a people living beneath their potential and with no hope. And then those who have some advances in life, those who get a little schooling, those who have some opportunities, take advantage of opportunities, and they get out, they escape, they get away, overcome the system, and they have options now. We can't forget about those that don't have options. You have an option to get in your car and drive to the Naperville Walmart where it's nice and the lady playing the violin and giving out free candy. And they got the hand wipes to wipe your car off when you get it and all that good stuff and high surf. People don't have that option. They live here. They shop here. They raise their kids here. They die here. That's why the word of God must be preached. Programs are great, but only the word of God can change a man's mind to make him understand, you don't buy a Bentley, son. You don't buy a Bentley. You don't, you don't kill your fellow black brothers and sisters to buy a Bentley. You don't sell drugs to the people next door to you. And this woman has got turned out, and now her kids don't have a mother, but you driving a nice car. You don't do, only the word of God can change a man's mind, not a program. So we get on TV and we march and we cuss and we fight because black lives matter and we're killing ourselves every day. And we're okay with it. It grieves my heart to drive through certain neighborhoods and say, oh my God, this is what's going on? So now you got two different kinds of blacks. You got your bougie uppity blacks, as they say. They, they got out. They escaped. Like we ran for the, the fence or something and didn't get shot. <laughs> but that's why I like these settings, Jason, because you can all come in the same setting. And I don't care if you're a doctor. I don't care if you're a lawyer. I don't care if you're on welfare. I don't care if you make $85,000 a year. I don't care if you make 100. I don't care if you went to school. I don't care if you didn't. I don't care if you got five kids and no husband or you got a husband and three kids. I do not care. We're on the same playing field. You get the same word and the word works for everybody the same way. So when you come in here, when you come in here, you don't get to be a victim. Because we all have different historic creations. And most of them are terrible. Some folk was raised terrible. Some people won raised. Some folk don't even know who their parents are. Some folk been poor. Some people been not even poor. They've been poor. They entire life. They don't know anything. Been, some people never been out of past Austin. Some folk never been on the airplanes. All kind of things in this room right here. But it put the word puts us on the same playing field. You can't say, oh, you the pastor, so you get to go on vacation. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh You get to go too because we are the just. And the just shall live by faith. And faith is what causes you to overcome the system that's been designed to keep you down. So I'm going to walk heavy in this series. And I'm going to cry loud in this series. Because we need change. To start here first. Get your butt up out the middle of the intersection. Land in the street because black lives matter. And get in here and find what God, what the will of the Lord is, Ephesians chapter 5. What would he, listen, marching is, is the, it's, it's the outdated form of change. Because you march and they march. They marched and took down the Confederate flag in Carolina. The Confederates marched the next day. 
the next day with their guns and their flags and their pepper spray and spewing out hate and nigger and all the next day. So what, what does that accomplish? You march, I march. You hate, I hate. You swing a flag, I swing a flag. What is the will of the Lord? And we thank God for apostles, apostles of peace like Martin Luther King. He set the way. He said something. He would be appalled if he saw what was going on today. This man gave his life. His life. And we take life over gym shoes. We take life over territory that don't belong to now one of us. We fight over who get to kill more black people. That's what you do when drug dealers fight. You fight on who get to kill more of them. That's what you're fighting over. This is my, this is my area. I get to give them joys and kill them first. That's what y'all fighting over. This is my territory. I, I, this is my area. I get to get them all strung out over here and, and see this area go to hell and, and you take that one over there. And we'll ride by and floss in our cars. You a slave trader. And you come into church because I know some of y'all watching me. You come into church and give an offering don't make you not a slave trader. It don't erase all the hell you've caused in people's lives all week. Why sell them drugs and, and do 10 years of being stronger? Why not just line them up and shoot them all in the head? That's what's going to happen at the end. I drive through neighborhoods, man, and they're in line in front of people's houses. And I'm so dumb. I'm like, what is this? Oh, that's the drug line. In broad daylight? So you tell me this system ain't been designed to kill us because it's in broad, they're not hiding it. So why don't the cops come break up the line? They're not, hiding, they're not hiding in nobody's basement. They're in line outside of my house. The line goes up the street around the block. And they'll wait in line for drugs, but not for a job. Showing news people in line for jobs. I'm going to sit in line too long. And tell me going to be all these people down here. But you're waiting in line for weed or to sample the new stuff that's out. We're going to deal with it in this series. Y'all quiet up in here. I don't care though. Somebody got to teach it. Not my opinion, the word of God. I'll see you next week for part two. Give God praise for you.